Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, September 15th, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, of course, last night, Tuesday night, the biggest bunch of Broadway shows to return to the boards happened. Of course, we've yeah. been talking about Chicago, The Lion King, Wicked, and Hamilton all week. One show that we have not done enough service to... Um, and that's probably because, one, it's not a musical, and two, it's not returning. It is coming yeah. to Broadway for the very first time, is uh, Lackawanna Blues. And Ruben in Santiago. yeah. And in previews, right, of course. So it'll have its big opening night um, uh, coming up in a few weeks. But uh, the first performance did happen at Manhattan Theater Club Samuel J. Friedman Theater on Tuesday night, they had a nice little ribbon-cutting ceremony uh, before that, as we said. Excited about it. it. Yeah, it will actually have its opening night on Tuesday, September 28th. It is written, directed, performed by Tony winner Ruben Santiago Hudson. Always great to see him do anything. But I did want to mention that because so much attention, and we'll have yeah, more attention sure. on it later in the show, has been on the musicals, which often happens on Broadway. But I wanted to point out this show the, as well. The big flashiness of Broadway often Absolutely. gets kind of uh, relegated to musicals oh. only, which of course is not the case. So yeah, definitely no. glad we mentioned this. Really excited to see this, especially since it's like based on my neck of the woods, since Lackawanna is a suburb of Buffalo, as I've talked about nice. on the show before. Uh, where Grace is flying back from as we're recording. So Yeah, I gotta shuffle off to Lackawanna. Shuffle off uh, to Lackawanna, exactly. Um, as I wanted to remind everybody, later this week, we will be releasing our Dear Evan Hansen big screen oh, adaptation yeah. review roundtable. Um, we will be recording that, I believe, Thursday and then releasing it yep. either on Friday or Saturday. So make sure that you head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio to get in on all of that goodness. Watching it on Tuesday night. Really, uh, really Same. anticipating it. Oof. Yeah, Ooh. anticipating is an interesting word. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into the news, uh, Ashley. And on uh, Wednesday night, probably just shortly after you and Grace recorded uh, Wednesday, uh, Tuesday's show, on, so on, this was on Monday night, I apologize, um, The Guardian uh, released news that the bazillion-time Academy Award-nominated yet never-winning never Amy winning. Adams yeah. um, is set to make her West End stage debut in a revival of Tennessee Williams' The Glass Menagerie. Now, Ashley, I have a confession to make. Ooh. When I saw this tweet, I thought, look, I, I love Amy Adams, but yeah. she's a little old to be playing Laura. Like, and then I realized she's not playing Laura. She's playing Amanda. Yeah. I just assumed because, like, I was, she's amazing and she always kind of, like, I she still have her fixed in. Yeah, fixed in is like, the young Southern girl in Catch Me If You Can. Fair enough. Uh, I was like, Very she's playing fair. Laura. But no, she is playing the matriarch of the Wingfield family, Amanda, in a production that will begin performances at the Duke of York's Theater in London on May 23rd. It'll be directed by Jeremy Heron, and tickets are on sale now. Uh, of this announcement, Adam hmm. said, quote, I am so honored and excited to be a part of bringing the Glass Menagerie to the stage in the West End. I have always felt a strong pull towards the work of Tennessee Williams and to this deeply personal story. Um, the Glass Menagerie is one of those shows that seems to have a revival, a major revival in either London or New York. Very Basically free. every other year. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I don't care. I will Fair. watch a good menagerie all the time. I did not see the Cherry Jones, Zachary Quinto, mm, Silly Kingdom Bolger production. Yeah. 
Um, and then the the bonkers. That seems Sam, right up it, your alley too. Oh my god! Oh, uh. is it ever? Um, it was it Sam Gold that did the weird one with like the neon light that, that everybody right. hated except for James. That James likes it. Right. I didn't see that one either because it closed before I got to town. So Who's in that one, I'm not. Uh, that was Sally Field. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. I think I think you're right. I think that's Sam Gold. And Joe Mantello was in it too. Joe Mantello played um, her son because it's a it's a memory play so he is old enough to uh you know kind of look back at it but uh her, her son tom um but it, i it's a little interesting because i think amy adams is probably age appropriate for the character but we see these actresses that are much older than her a decade or two older than her normally play that but i think this is a really interesting thing and that obviously kind of goes into my confusion about her potentially being yeah um uh, playing Laura, but <laughs> well, she's always um, got like this kind of ingenue thing going yeah, on, exactly. no matter how old she is. Yeah, well, she's yeah, got like so, the Bernadette Peters quality. Absolutely, it's the red hair. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> Adam Adams will join two actors, Paul Hilton and Tom Glenn Carney. Who was he in? Um, he did something here recently on, but was he in the ferryman? That's okay. I couldn't come up with a ferryman, but, um, they will share the role of Tom at different stages of his life. So hence that memory play along with, um, Lizzie Annis and Victor Alley, um, Lizzie playing, um, Laura and Victor playing the gentleman caller. So, um, very Very interesting. I would be fine if this came over to New York and Amy Adams, uh, um, got a Tony and an Olivier before she got an Academy yeah, Award. I was gonna say that, that she's gonna end up with an Olivier before she ends up with an Academy Award, which would not be surprising at all. Yeah, and as you said, I mean, they revive this so often, both across the pond and here, but it's, you know, the timing is fitting as far as everyone's trying to revive kind of like classic shows in the midst of everything else and coming back from the pandemic, quote unquote, coming back from the pandemic. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for her for this. I hope we get it in New York. I hope she gets Tony. I hope Casey Mink gets to see her win all these awards. <laughs> all about, and, and Preston Max Allen, who has written yeah. a musical about, oh, yeah. uh, which I think he's going to be having, uh, songs from that at a 54 Below concert. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, always very exciting. Good times. All right, Ashley, let's take a real quick break from the news and talk about our sponsor for this week, Upstart. As we mentioned, there are five shows returning to Broadway on Tuesday night as we are recording. And that means that it is time for me to start planning my next trip to New York, especially because we got the rescheduling email from Classic Stage Company about the production of (laughs) Assassins, which that's a whole whole other topic we can get into and we're not talking about a sponsor. Um, But that means that when it comes to coming up to New York, I have to be really conscious uh, about the fine is how much money I'm willing to spend on tickets for things. But fortunately, our friends at Upstart can help me get my financial house in order with just a few clicks. Amazing that you work Sondheim into sponsor copy and not me. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> yeah, we keep mentioning it, but whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. They know you're more than just your credit score, and they are expanding access to affordable credit. Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income, your current employment, and your employment history, for that matter. They find a smarter rate for your loan. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000, and you receive your funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loans. You can just run straight to the box office from there. Yeah, or take a car if it's hot outside. Yeah, sure. Uh, but... <laughs> 
find out how upstart. <laughs> yeah, depending on where you live. Um, find <laughs> out how upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Broadway. That's upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash Broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Once more, go to upstart.com slash Broadway. Well, Ashley, I somehow worked in Sondheim into the ad copy, and now coming out of the ad, we are going back (laughs) into Sondheim news. Because yesterday, the producers of the once and future Broadway revival of Company announced the final member of their Broadway cast. Uh, Actually, more than that, but their last principal. After Kyle Dean Massey decided not to return to the role of Theo after during the uh, pandemic, he he and his husband had a child. So they announced that Manu Narayan will be taking over the role of Theo when performances begin back on November 15th. Um, This is an interesting uh, uh, casting for me, actually, for a number of reasons. One... Um, we, you and I talked about the, the off-Broadway production of Merrily We Roll Along yeah, at Roundabout Theater Company just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And two days ago, he, I feel like. Yeah, I, I, time doesn't make oh, any sense yeah. to me. Um, but he played Franklin Shepard in that yeah. production. And mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, which I often do not, I thought he was one of the stronger elements yeah, of that show. Yeah, I thought he was really I, great. Yeah, I, I did too. And he also played, um... Uh, uh, Zoltan Kaparthi in the um, uh, Lincoln Center revival of My Fair Lady. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is like Kyle Massey is like a very traditional white ripped, not chorus boy, but you know, yeah. a very particular style. And Manu, I don't know his age, but he he reads older. Um, he's obviously a, a person of color, but he doesn't come off as just like a pretty boy. He comes off as yeah. like an actual um, fully formed adult, which I think adds a lot of interest to that. Now, I think you and I um, and probably Grace have all been on on record that we were hoping that they would recast this role with a mm-hmm. uh, a woman or a trans uh, actor or something um, other than a white man. So this is probably the, the least that I would have hoped for, but it is better than just casting another carbon copy of Kyle. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as I've already said, this is a role that they could have been more, I don't like to use necessarily the term experimental and referring to like casting a woman in the role or casting a trans yeah. person in and, the role, trans woman, and not, trans man. And non-traditional, like this role is already non-traditionally cast yeah. because it's normally a woman. So it's, yeah, but it's yeah. taking it a I step know. further <laughs> beyond that. Yeah. I was kind of thinking that when I said it, I'm like, wait, is it non-traditional if not? But yeah. So it's I mean, it, it is weird, uh, but it is, it's the smallest role out of the boyfriend's roles in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you're kind of already giving <laughs> the role, if you're casting it to somebody who's a person of color, you're casting a woman or a non-binary person or whomever, you're already kind of giving that small role. Uh, <laughs> though they do get a great song, let's be realistic. But yeah, I, I'm, I am much more comfortable with having, no matter the actor, or you know, no matter the character having a an actor come in who's already done a Sondheim show. Uh, oh yeah, good point. Yeah, so I, I'm thrilled about it. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Obviously, on November fifteenth is my uh, first time again, so I'll report back. I guess. 
Well, maybe if I can type this up real quick, maybe I can, uh, you won't have to report back. Maybe I can uh, arrange it so I'm there too oh, if there's any tickets hello. available. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so the thing that I'm actually most interested in is that he seems to be standing in quite a stark difference from the other boyfriends, um, in that, in that group. So I think it'll be interesting just uh, type wise to see how he differs from those other guys yeah, where sure. with Kyle, they were all kind of, um, they all would have been called in for all of the exact same roles. Yeah, um, and now with Manu, he's a little different. So um, I'd be very interested with that. But some more Broadway casting. Yesterday, the Phantom of the Opera announced their Broadway return cast. And in terms, at least, of the principles, they are pretty much the exact same as when uh, the show shut down last March. Ben Crawford will be playing the Phantom. Megan Pacierno will be playing Christine Dye. And John, Ronald, John Riddle will be playing Raul. What's interesting about this, in somewhat doing the absolute least after 30-plus <laughs> years and following in their London <laughs> counterparts um, lead, but joining the Broadway cast will be Emily Kauchow, who will be playing the role of Christine Daae at certain performances. She becomes the very first black actor to play the role of Christine in the Broadway production of the show. Of course, it was not that many years ago, just three or four, when Norm Lewis became the first black actor to play the yeah. Phantom on Broadway. Of course, Robert Guillaume, uh, the legendary, the late Robert Guillaume, originated the role of the Phantom of the Opera in the famed L.A. production in the 80s. Um, but it, it, this is the first time that we will have a black actress playing Christine. Again, it's the alternate. So literally the least you could do and still get away with saying this. <laughs> really and is. it's been 30 plus years. Um, but good. Good. Yeah. You know, I would rather I would rather say that's. Eh, too little too late than not be able to say they've ever done it at, say all. It at all for sure i am uh, you know very happy for her and you know they could have always done more i think it's always kind of <laughs> i always have to sigh when it's an alternate because you could have just oh, we're gonna talk about that here more in a second of course we are we'll never stop talking about it uh, but yeah uh thrilled for her and always wishing that th this wasn't a first time like like it's pathetic totally. that this is a first time. All right. Well, let's move on to some other things. Because earlier this week, Forbes uh, announced or reported that the Schubert organization had reached a record-breaking deal with the Extel Real Estate Development Company to, tell, to sell two vacant lots on 8th Avenue and the air rights above the Imperial Theater for, wait for it, $51,215,861. That apparently breaks the record for the previous air rights sale by more than $10 or around $10 million um, for the air rights above the court. Now, this obviously also includes two vacant lots, so I'm not sure how we factor that in, but this is considered the new record. Mm. The Forbes article goes into detail about how the Schuberts actually save on taxes by doing some sort of property exchanges where they get random bank branches either in New York or like in random cities in Illinois, but for theater fans who had long hoped that these pieces of property, I'm assuming one of them is right next to the Imperial. Is the Imperial on 8th? Um, mm, there's that yeah. vacant lot right next to the Imperial now that I think about it, but um, a lot of people had hoped that those could be spots for new theaters, Broadway theaters, off-Broadway theaters, some sort of theater-related things. But at this point, that already iffy pipe dream seems to be gone, Ashley. Yeah, it's disappointing, especially since, I mean, over history, we've lost so many theaters that used to be, like, all the way down to 
Herald Square. Um, so mm-hmm. the thought of like seeing lots in the theater district and having that hope that they might end up building more theaters and then realizing that's not going to be the case is disappointing, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, not great. Not great. But. All right, Ashley. Well, let's get into some feel-good recommendations and tied in with the relaunch of all of these Broadway shows. There have been a ton of performances on morning and nighttime television shows. I will have links to all of these. The first one, The Company of the Lion King, as we talked about uh, the other day, performed on Good Morning America. It was like all the way down at the river and all of this stuff. So yeah. <laughs> very fancy performance. Then we had <laughs> actually... Well, I just have to say, before we go on, speaking of the Lion King, they have been doing... And something that's really cool, but also something that makes me laugh every time it happens. They've been doing, uh, at least for the past few days in New York subway stations... Uh, you know, play <laughs> blaring the opening to Circle of Life and then being like, well, you know, welcome back to Broadway, et cetera, et cetera. It, you know, The Lion King on Broadway welcomes, uh, New York back mm-hmm. to Broadway. And it is the loudest thing I've ever heard. Um, to the point where everybody on the subway platform jumps every time it happened. I talked to a doctor about it today. I was just like, it scared the hell out of me. He's like, me too. It's, it's, it's the current New York experience, I think, if you're taking the subway to have the absolute hell scared out of you by the Lion King. It's so, great. So was it, is it like the beginning of sort of like the, ah, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Blaring through the subway tunnels. That seems like a wise decision. It's it's aggressive. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's move over to Wicked. And they actually did not one, not two, but three different performances uh, from the show on the Today Show on Tuesday. They did What Is This Feeling for Good and As Long As Your Mind. What's interesting is, is they did not have the Broadway um, witches do the performances. Instead, they had their standbys do it. Um, Jennifer DeNoia, who is the standby for Elphaba, and... Brittany Johnson, who is the standby for Glenda, and she is important because, like the Phantom story, mm-hmm. Brittany is um, the first black actress to ever play uh, Glenda uh, anywhere, but it was on Broadway. She played Glenda before the shutdown. Um, she started as the standby, um, but she actually got the, the opportunity to lead these performances. I want to not be cynical about that and just say that Wicked was going to would have had the standbys do this no matter who they were, and they didn't just do this because Brittany Johnson is um, a black person who they can put on national television. But I'm just going to say that's what happened. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, I will, and but I will say I will be shocked if she is not the next full time Glenda after. She better be. Um, after the, I don't even know who the current She's Glenda brilliant. is to reopen it. Is she, I, I've seen her in, in like do concerts and mm-hmm. stuff, but I've never seen her as, as Glenda. But, uh, anyway, so, um, Jenna Claire Mason is the current Glenda. Mm-hmm. That's who it is. But anyway, all right. And the last one on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, he kicked off Broadway week with a, with a non Broadway show as Jeremy Jordan, Tammy Blanchard, the erstwhile never to be seen rooster, uh, uh, uh Christian Borle. Uh. 
they performed. <laughs> I'm sorry. They performed um, Little Shop of Horrors and Skid Row, kind of a little bit of a medley. Nice. Looks like they got their um, understudies in the performance Sweet. as well. Um, so that was very cool. And to see Christian Borel just like sing one line on a nationally televised was, show was kind I was of funny. I was say this is like one line in that whole show that he or that whole song that he does. So yeah, it's like know. he just like then you go down. That's, <laughs> that's like right. that's it. That's all. Yeah. I think that's literally all he said. I mean, he did Get the, your the paycheck, group Christian. stuff. Uh, seriously, man. You can't kind of turn that that scale. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, of course, the uh, Tina, the Tina Turner musical, Dear Evan Hansen, um, Six, and Wicked. Oh, God. I am just seeing an update in this oh, The Tonight Show. God. Okay. I, I Okay. So when we originally talked about Broadway Week on The Tonight Show, it had listed Dear Evan Hansen as September 15th. It's Broadway Week, mm. so I assumed that it would be the Broadway cast. But now they are listing it as oh Dear Evan Hansen film cast. Ooh. <laughs> I don't. I, <laughs> what a choice. Wow. I mean, I get it. The movie's coming out, and Dear Evan Hansen, the show, isn't reopening until December. So, I mean, I get it, but I, that was not how that was originally listed. And that's insulting, wow. honestly. I'm, I'm annoyed by that. Oh. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll change before they perform on Wednesday night. Who knows? Anyway, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. All right, everybody. Don't forget patreon.com slash Broadway Radio to hear all of our thoughts on that Dear Evan Hansen film cast Mm -hmm. later this week. Have a wonderful Wednesday, hump day, everybody. And we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) 